Good evening, good evening, good evening, dear listeners. Hello, um, listeners. Listeners, listeners, listeners. Listen, listen, listen. With your ears, uh, not with your mouth. You don't listen with your mouth. That's I've weird... tried. I have tried. I've to tried listen. many times. Um, it's been a very fruitless uh, experience. Um, how does one listen with their mouth? I've tried it with my phone. I do. A, I put like music on and then put the phone in my mouth. Oh, right, I see. And then it sort of does this okay. weird echoey thing, and yeah. you can be like, "Oh, wow, wow, wow." This is what I have to deal with, guys. Hello. This is what I have to deal with. Um, the other thing we have to deal with is Debbie Bird. Uh, we're dealing with her right now. Um, <laughs> Hello, Debbie Bird. Hello. <laughs> are you are you instantly regretted your decision? <laughs> Yeah, no, of course not. Of course not. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, for for dear listeners, uh, you probably won't know, uh, but Joe and I and Debbie have worked together in the past, which is why we're being terribly informal with Debbie. Um, <laughs> normally, when we we bring our guests on, we're very reverential and very respectful, aren't we? Yeah, well, we're very respectful people. We do respectful we things like stick phones in our mouths. Um, <laughs> it's only disrespectful if you are a phone. Disrespectful. <laughs> disrespectful. What is disrespectful? It's disrespectful. It's um, a word. I have coined Hey if Shakespeare Can make them up Why can't I And Lewis Carroll He loved making up words Yeah Edward Lear yeah, All of Good. them making, making words up Debbie Have you made any words up Recently Not that I've noticed No No oh, You no. like to use Existing words Existing words I tend How to forget words I suffer with Brain fog A lot of the time So that's more but of a problem What you have made up is an entire show. play, yeah, an I entire have. play, which is what we're here to talk about today. See you, my rhyme today. Uh, play, play, take don't play today. Play today. Mm-hmm. It's very good. Um, yes, it's a play called Buzzing. Um, and if anyone thinks, oh, it sounds like it's going to talk about, it's going to be about vibrators, you'd be absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard that earlier today. I was chatting to someone about about the upcoming shows, and I mentioned buzzing, and she goes, "Sounds like it's about vibrators." Goes, well, it is. You kind, yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah. kind of. Yeah. I mean, it's not. Just it's not about just about. It's not a show about vibrators, vibrators. Um, as you'll find out, dear listener. There's a lot more to it than that. So, um, what is the show about? <laughs> uh, well, just the one liner is that it's about Julie, who's 15, newly divorced, and searching for her sex life. That's that's well, the I one like liner I used to hand out flyers in Edinburgh to to get people to come and buy a ticket. <laughs> that's, that's a good her. line. It's a very good. It line. was. It got them to stop. The men, especially. I mean, I'm. I'm 31, not divorced and searching for my sex life. So uh... there must be a place where all of the sex lives go and they hide together. Like a bit like socks. It's out of the tumbled rug. <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> Buzzing is a, is a metaphor for the, the tumble dryer of lost sex, sex lives. Of lost sex lives. Well, it's basically the tumble dryer of life, really, that um, as she's searching for her sex life, but what she's really looking for is to get her life back. Um, and she thinks that sex is the way forward because she is repressed. She's come out of a, a marriage where she realises that she's um, been made to feel as if she is not attractive um, and not sexually attractive. She's middle-aged and she's realised that the world doesn't seem to think that she should have that in her life anymore. And uh, one of the lines is, midlife is exactly that, middle of life. I'm not ready to be put out to pasture yet. And that's totally true. So it's it's about mid, being middle-aged and realising that just because you're middle-aged, menopausal, because she's a woman, but this applies to men as well, that, um, you know, there's plenty of life in you and it, it's not time to sit down and drink a cup of tea. You can still go out there and have a good time and, you know, have fun and enjoy yourself, enjoy your body and appreciate who you are. So, yeah. 
that's pretty brilliant. Brilliant. I think that's, and I think it's it's very important. You know, you said that it's not just about women going through the menopause; it's you know prescient for men as well. And I think what's really interesting, I don't know about about you, Luke, um, uh, but like even as someone who is not yet at midlife, um, I think I think a lot of people, whatever your age, can relate to that. We all go through these phases. The quarter life crisis is a thing, isn't it? And it has been, you know, documented that a lot of people in the twenties, particularly in the 20s now and stuff like that when you're not financially able because the way capitalism works um we're not not necessarily been able to get um to enjoy things in the way that perhaps our parents were able to when they're in their 20s and didn't have the same financial freedoms perhaps um i mean yeah there are a lot of sort of crises that one has as one goes through life life. and this is this is this is and i think that yeah but what attracted us to buzzing as a piece um is is that sort of universality of the themes and you know that your the the story of julie will definitely speak to certainly a lot of women of you know that age but you know men of that age and and I think it's people that are younger, people that are approaching that age, or people that have gone through that as well. People that are a bit older would will mm. certainly appreciate. Yeah, the yeah, themes, it's appealed it? to all demographics. Obviously, it has its niche demographic: <clears throat> women of a certain age. They tend to really enjoy it because um, I refer to menopause throughout it. It's not anything I hammer over anyone's head, but it certainly is in there. Um, but I've had men tell me that, you know, take the menopause out of your story and that's my story. I've had mm. young girls come up to me after the show and um, thank me because they now understand why their mum is behaving the way she is. Um, one young girl cuddled me and said, thank you for telling me what's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or not. And one other lady came up to me and said, hugged me and said, I'm 65 and I haven't had sex for three years. <laughs> I mean, there's a slight overshare there, but but I mean, um, it's a, it's a, it's it's a very overshare show in a good way, though. Yeah. In a good way. I mean, you haven't seen it. I yet, haven't seen it. I was fortunate enough to see it at uh, Edinburgh 2019. Was it? I think it was yes, 2019. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I saw it in 2019, and I absolutely loved it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's you know, it it says just so much about. We're going to cut that bit out because I have absolutely nothing to add to that. I was going to say something flippant about Joe being a 32-year-old man, but actually having the sort of lifestyle of a menopausal woman. But I don't think... Actually, that's... you're the one who likes port in a bathtub. I do like a, a glass of port <laughs> in a bath. Um, so I... we're not cutting that out. We're <laughs> highlighting that, if anything, you're the one who's a, who's a menopausal woman. Thank you okay, very much. Fair, 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 fair. Um, what, when did you start to sort of develop this as a piece where did the idea come from and how long did it take to sort of to write it you know it was great fun when we were talking to uh david mcculloch of gamma ray theater that was talking about how he wrote Eop hitler and it just came from a, a nugget of an idea and two weeks later there was a script um but obviously that's not always how it happens with the creative process what happened with you debbie and where did the idea come from and how did it start it came from a comedy workshop that i did at drama school i gave up a successful teaching career at the age of 48 and took myself off to do my master's at the Academy of Live and Recorded Arts. And uh, we had a workshop one afternoon. Um, A comedian came in to give us um, a training on how to write comedy. Um, She wasn't very funny, I have to say. Um, But basically at the end she said, right, you've got 45 minutes, you've got to write seven minutes of stand-up comedy. Write about something you know and something you can relate to. And so I just wrote about 
vibrators because I used to sell them many years ago. I was a party planner and I used to sell toys and latex and all sorts of things like that. Um, and I had lots of funny stories and I thought, well, that's not enough. So I'll bung a few bits in about, you know, first time I had sex and, you know, what sex is like when you're older. And I just did this seven minute piece and it was very funny and felt I had something there. Uh, later on, I developed it into a 25 minute piece for the end of my master's um, to, to actually get my master's. And it sat around for three years until I was encouraged um, by Mark Farrelly, who is my director. He had been encouraging me ever since I first told him about it to do something with it. And um, a friend of mine, Jane Easton, was running um, a venue, The Cat's Back, at the Wandsworth Fringe. And it was a very reasonable offer. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to, I'll extend it a little bit and I'll go and put it on. Just get it out of my system. Um, Jamie booked me instantly, gave me um, two nights. And uh, I went to Mark Farrelly and said, will you help me? I want to do this. Will you direct me? And the development happened because of Mark Farrelly. Uh, because this man saw it and said, you've got something, but you need to go and dig a bit deeper. Um, when I did, I took it back to him. He looked at everything and said, hmm, I love this last line. And I said, well, that's the end of the uh, end of the play. And he went, yeah, start with that. I said, what do you mean? He said, start with it. So basically, I went home and I cut and paste the last paragraph and put that at the beginning of my script. And then I went from there. Um, I did I did text him and say, am I able to use some of the stuff I've already got? He said, if it works, use it. If it doesn't, cut it. And that's how it developed. And I had rehearsals with him and we went over what I'd written. And then it was improvisation. It was digging deep. It was discovering vulnerability. It was asking me to find parts of myself that were like Julie. It was asking me why, what would happen to Julie next. And a lot of soul searching happened. A lot of stream of consciousness was a major thing that I used. Um, I would record myself talking for a good half an hour, 40 minutes, sit and type it up laboriously, and then cut it to shreds to find two minutes of material. But that's what happened. And we did it. We worked together and created um, Buzzing, which I took to Wandsworth. But during this period, I realised that I wanted to take it further and go to Edinburgh. And when I finished Edinburgh, I came home and developed another 20 minutes to create the 70-minute show that then went out on tour. Brilliant, brilliant. So a long and laborious process. Uh, lots of... But I'm sure a lot of fun along the way A lot of fun as well, well yeah. But, a uh, lot you know, of fun. Lots a lot... of trial and error and lots of back and forth. And I can imagine there'll be definitely have been moments where you've gone, oh, God. Because, like, if you know, and you go, well, I just, I've got an entire thing now and I have to start all over again. The only thing that Mark liked is the, is the, is the last paragraph. Absolutely. Um, that happened many times when I'd write stuff and he'd pick on one thing and say, I like that. And I've I've got reams of stuff. But, but he... He was very good at finding nuggets of my work and saying, that's gold, go with that, now work on that bit only. And he gave me the courage to do that and supported me all the way through the process. Um, so I owe him a huge debt of gratitude. Um, but there was a lot of tears along the way. It was quite a painful process. It was quite cathartic. 
Um, I was happily married when I wrote this. I'm nearly divorced now. <laughs> so it became quite prophetic, the whole thing. Yeah, I can imagine as well. Do you, has, do you feel that the way you performed it or the way the script has changed? Because obviously um, I saw, when I saw it in in 2019 obviously that was that was they say when you're when you're happily married has the script changed has the has the way you performed it as the your relationship with the text and the performance changed at all since since um since your divorce or um oh gosh there's a few things in it which are uh were painful at the time of writing and of performing because um they resonated within my marriage but now performing it, sometimes that stings a little while I'm doing it. Um, I think, but I think because I've come away from uh, what I was going through, um, I engage with it in a much less emotional way, but a much deeper way. So mm. I can immerse myself in it because it isn't personally as painful as it was. I don't know if anyone can make sense of that. When something hurts you as an actor, it you have an emotional connection and sometimes that connection, you know, can catch you unawares. But because I understand it, I relate to it, but I've stepped away, I can now, I'm, I can allow myself to in, not indulge, but immerse myself in it because it doesn't hurt anymore. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So yes, yeah. I've found the performances that I've done since I've gone back on tour um, I'm much more involved in my performance than perhaps I was because um, it truly is Julie's story now. And I expect as well, it's it might feel in many ways safer having having safer is not perhaps sounds like a bit of a an over the top word, but if if you're if you feel like you're maybe on the cusp of some of something like that in your personal life or dealing with that sort of thing, and it can be quite you might be quite nervous as a performer to sort of go there as it were um and having dealt with it and gone through it and come out the other side um i suppose you... that's that's the skill of the performer and that's the 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 training i suppose that you know we're given this the, the skills as performers to be able to um use your own emotions use your own experiences but channel that and control that into performance yeah. um and and i think that uh, you know that's one of the things that perhaps actors and 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 people that do this for a living have that you know a lot of humans won't have that you know that they are ruled by emotions whereas to a certain extent we have to be able to to rule ours absolutely and and obviously there's a lot of changes that go through it's a 70 minute show so there's no way of staying in any emotional trough for long because we've got to snap out of it essentially julie is talking to her audience as if they're sitting in her front room with her so um, I'll share something that's quite painful and get quite upset, but then I've got to snap straight back out of it because I don't want them crying. Um, You've got to move on to the next dildo gag, exactly. haven't you? Exactly. Yeah. You know, I want them to. I want them to feel it, but I want them to laugh and I want them to enjoy it. Um, so there's lots of laughs along the way, um, but you, there are a few moments where um, it's quite moving. Yeah. That's always the best theatre for me. Something that makes you makes you laugh, but ultimately makes you think and makes you feel something. That that is when I know I've had a good night at the theatre. And the big yeah. thing is um, that they're talking afterwards, and uh, a lot of women are then going home and talking about what it feels like for them being middle aged, and that 
they feel the same way that society thinks when you hit your 50s your sex life is over nobody sees you as anything other than the roles that you play in life mum grandma auntie carer whatever you might be they forget that you're a woman and everyone sees a man and still sees a man it doesn't matter how old he gets but a woman we tend to make her invisible when she gets to middle-aged um, and a lot of women have said to me thank you for telling our story thank you for giving us a voice and that's one of my missions uh, and it's also to talk about you know to make menopause something that we do talk about that we don't sweep under the carpet it does exist it does happen and you know and every woman alive is going to go through it at some point or other so let's have it included in the story but it, it doesn't have it's not a major part of the story but it it's part of her and so let's have that running alongside it and on just on that sort of theme of of almost like you, you, your identity as a woman being erased after a certain age it's kind of the same in in our industry a bit as well isn't it that actresses of a certain age just suddenly the, the the roles disappear have you found that as somebody that entered the professional world of acting later on after you know a successful career as a teacher have you found it difficult to to break through into roles that aren't just like you say the mum the grandma, the whatever. Well, you're too young to play the grandma, but you know, you know what I mean. That oh, kind no, of. I've had auditions for grandmas. <laughs> oh, um, but yes, yes, absolutely. It is very difficult. There are they're just stereotyped roles that are out there. Um, I have had some luck. Um, I, you know, I worked with you, Luke. Um, I played a mum though, but um, I didn't write that one. I didn't write that one. <laughs> but I did get uh, I did get cast. Um, I was lucky. I got cast in Richard the Third and played the Duchess of York. Um, oh, what a fantastic role! Yeah, it was wonderful to play Judy's role, but uh, they uh, they aged everything down, which was great. So I was supposed to be eighty, but we played her as a fifty-year-old, so that was good. Um, but yes, it has been very difficult, and um, the industry tends to have ideals about what they think an older person should look like. You know, I'm not sitting here white-haired, um, so I don't look old enough. Um, I think I'm in that middle bit at the moment. And also to get a role as a sexy, vibrant woman, well, that's, you know, I never get considered that. I was at drama school and one of the teachers um, said to me that I would, um, I wasn't castable in any of those of the Shakespeare roles that, um, you know, would be a sexually attractive woman. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you're never going to play Cleopatra, darling. I said, what? Why not? Why couldn't I play a sexy woman? So writing buzzing, you know, Julie's a sexy woman and she talks about sex and she's upfront about it all. Um, and uh, I get to play that vibrant, sexy woman. Um, so I can do it and I've proved the industry wrong. Um, so hopefully they'll see me differently. <laughs> My pictures are all over the Internet, so. <laughs> damn right you do you do absolutely right and that's one thing that we're trying to do with the bridge house is move away from all of those outdated notions of of what is castable and who should play what role and all that kind of stuff which is exactly why we wanted to bring the show in and we know that i'm certain that the the women and the men and everybody that comes to see the show will will take something from it and have a thoroughly thoroughly sexy and entertaining evening I hope so. Well, one of the best reviews I got from an audience member was from a man. So 
it just goes to show it's for everybody so i don't want any men to think to themselves oh this isn't a show for me because it certainly is you will laugh you will enjoy it um you might even learn a few things yeah, yeah. you might learn a few things i i i, I went to it i went you to learn it. a few things i learned a few, I, was, uh, <laughs> I uh i went to it um I didn't really. I I knew it would be good because you were doing it. I was like, well, I know that Debbie's good. She's not yeah. going to do something that's crap. Yeah. But um, I didn't really know exactly what to expect. And I just he was one of the. I saw quite a bit in the the. I went only went up for about three three days that that year and saw quite a bit. And it was easily one of my favourite things of the like the fifteen shows I saw in those three days. Mm. Um, and I think I took my girlfriend as well, and um, she was like, "Are we just going because Debbie's in it?" I was like, "Well, no." We, we've picked it we've picked it because like you've of all the hundreds thousands of things to see you've got to pick one um and but it and but, it's yeah, pretty good and it's pretty good and she was absolutely blown away um as well so yeah yeah so if you're listening to this podcast and you would like to come and see buzzing you can get your tickets from the usual places uh www.thebridgehousetheatre.co.uk and you can find details of buzzing on there along with all of the other shows that are coming up in our female-led season of work um we've that. got uh, mummy logs we've got banter jar we've got quintessence we've got a just real relax. variety just relax i am relaxed what are you talking about okay. um if you want tickets for Just Relax, you've got to move quick. They're yeah, selling. Um, and yes, so we've got about a month of female-led work um, of new creatives, existing creatives, people doing the first stuff, people doing shows that they've been touring for a long time. Um, so please do come down and, and join us for a lot of them. Um, but for now, we shall say thank you to Debbie Bird for giving up 25 minutes of your time. It's been longer than 25. It's been 25 minutes on air. On air. It took us but about seven and a half of hours of technological some hilarious, fanning about. Some hilarious <laughs> Banter. There was some great banter. There was. Yeah. We we had. I mean, pre 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 air banter. Pre air. As pre opposed to the post air banter. banter. There's none of that. Post air banter. We just we like stop recording. Kind of... We just shut off the call. Yeah. Boom. Done. And then there's the mid air banter, which is when we do it when we're jumping. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to apologise once again. I think I think in every podcast we do we have to apologise for our terrible humour. I can see Julie on the screen absolutely giggling away. Um, can, we, can we just go quiet for it? To, just to, so we can the, the podcast can just hear, hear Julie losing a shit. <laughs> it's Debbie. Julie's the character. Of oh yeah. <laughs> it's all right. Every theatre I go to, they end up calling me Julie. So don't worry. <laughs> There we are. We're so immersed in it already. We're so immersed, so immersed. We cannot wait. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really excited to see it again. Um, so, Debbie, thank you for joining us. Who's Debbie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the thing is, when you come to the theatre, as well, it's all like this. If we're on box office, you, it's all. You, it's just can, it's great crack. The banter from, is from the moment you enter the foyer. It's absolute top notch, pearly, pearly banter. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, to come down. And if you've discovered us through the podcast, let us know as well, because we've largely done this because it's something to do. Um, but it'd be nice like to... we don't have enough to do. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah. it's it's good fun and hopefully it'll help us reach a few extra people. Um, if you are enjoying the podcasts, let, let us, us know. know. If you're not enjoying the podcasts, don't let us don't, know. Don't, we can't, don't, take, don't we can't take the ego here at right the moment. Now. At the moment, Please we're don't. so we're emotionally volatile. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, dear listener. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.